Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Monday, October 18th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the Senate and House are back. Look at the challenges ahead. Number two, noms, noms, noms. And number three, ad wars continue in West Virginia. All right, Jake, let's get into it. The Senate is back today. The House is back tomorrow. No shortage of things that they have on their agenda. Yeah, you know, it does seem to me that it's it's kind of time for... Um for, for Democrats to get going here. <laughs> I mean, listen, I mean, at, at some point in the near future, they're just going to have to choose a path with Biden's agenda, which includes the which is the infrastructure package and the reconciliation bill. And they need to get going on it. I mean, the big problem they face, Anna, uh, maybe we could riff on this for a second here. I mean, is that their their majority is only as strong as Joe Manchin. Right. I mean, whatever whatever they want to do needs to pass the Manchin test. And um, Bernie Sanders has been making the case and made the case to us in a uh, uh, during a um, uh, talk the other day, a, a pen and pad meeting the other day, that like it's not fair that Mansion will that Mansion has this veto power essentially over their agenda. But like that's what it is, you know. I don't know. I don't know what else to say here. I mean, that 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 is the situation they're facing. I mean, what do you think of that? Yeah, listen, I mean, obviously the progressives are very frustrated, but when you're in a 50-50 Senate, any senator, uh, uh, when you're in the, you know, trying to get something done, has that veto power for Democrats, and he is willing to exercise it. I think that is the real difference here, and so you have this kind of this palpable frustration among progressives, but, you know, both sides are going to have to find a compromise, right? It kind of feels as though we were just stuck in this limbo period as the, as this clock is ticking down. I mean, I think it's important to remember here. We, we've got this October 31st deadline uh, that Speaker Nancy Pelosi set for voting on the $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill. That's just 13 days away. And the deal is, is, is you know, this kind of pair twinning of these bills is they want to have some movement on the reconciliation package, top line numbers, what's going to be in it. And we've had really no movement despite a lot of high level senior staff conversations. Yeah, that's right. There has been there's not been any movement and I just don't see Anna that I don't see like that they're going to get they're going to move mansion. I, I actually think the more the more they um the more they kind of rag on him, the more the more uh, firm he gets in his views. Um and I I, I don't know what changes that. I, I just don't know what changes that. I think the other thing that's important to think about, too, is it's not just this top line number. It's not like, you know, Manchin saying, OK, once you get to one point five or two trillion dollars, like, poof, perfect, I'm in. Right. I mean, what we keep seeing is more and more reporting by a lot of our colleagues and friends. The Times has some reporting out. The Axios has reporting out from last night about real specific policies, whether it's, you know, the clean electricity programs uh, as part of the reconciliation package or even as much as the child tax credit. Uh, you know, I mean, these are not, you know, kind of in the grand scheme of things, he's cool, you know, as long as they get to this number. He's got some real policy differences with a lot of people in the Democratic caucus. Yeah, huge. And I just don't know. You know, I, I think that Demo most Democrats, not named Joe Manchin, believe um, uh, that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to do as much as you can. And Manchin's just not there. You know, he's not on the he's not there for the coal provisions. He's not there for some of the clean energy stuff. And it's just 
I, I don't know how you're going to move them and move forward. I think the other thing I want to just point out before we move on to the number two story is that that I think is really important is this timeline, right? I think we've been harping on this for a while, but you know, okay, you have the House only scheduled to be in session for 17 legislative days between now and when it leaves for Thanksgiving. There are only 21 legislative days until the government funding runs out on December 30th, or sorry, on December 3rd. So as we seem, as there seems seemingly is no progress on these bipartisan bills, this infrastructure package moving along with reconciliation, there's also just some of the kind of blocking and tackling of, you know, keeping the lights on, plus, of course, the debt limit uh, that's lurking out there for Democrats. Yeah, they just they don't have a lot of time. They got they got to get moving here. Um, that's the only way to really that's the only way to really put it. I mean, they if they don't get moving pretty soon and don't get moving on their agenda pretty soon, then they're going to have big problems. I mean, they already have big problems. They're going to have bigger problems. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Noms, noms, noms. Uh, we are going to see some big names up on Capitol Hill this week in front of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, Jake. Yeah, so they're going to consider a few things. They're going to consider um, they, they've had a hearing for most of these people. They're going to consider Tom Nides, who's going to be the ambassador, who was likely to be the ambassador to Israel, Jeff Flake likely to be the ambassador to Turkey, the nominee for ambassador to Turkey. A bunch of people like that get a vote this week. Also, uh, the Senate Foreign Relations Committee will begin its consideration of Rahm Emanuel to be ambassador to Japan, someone that is uh, familiar to our audience and somebody who is going to be very controversial among some people in the Senate. I mean, Rahm, uh, we've had liberals in the House suggest that Rahm should be defeated, Um uh, not that the House has a vote, but that's interesting nonetheless. Uh, Rahm is obviously a former member of Congress and a former uh, mayor of Chicago, former um, uh, congressman from the Chicago, uh, former uh, White House chief of staff and a million other things. So should he should really be able to get through quite easily. But again, Rahm is a, a lightning, a lightning bolt for uh, a controversy, to say the least. <laughs> What's old is new on Capitol Hill this week. Also up this week in the House, the January 6th Select Committee will vote Tuesday on holding Steve Bannon, the one-time aide to former President Donald Trump, in contempt for failing to comply with the panel's subpoena. Bannon insists he's not defying the Select Committee, but is complying with Trump's executive privilege claim in declining to cooperate. So this is going to be something that is going to come into real focus this week. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. And this is what West Virginians are seeing at the moment. Uh, it's pretty interesting. A state that, you know, isn't all, you know, isn't a battleground state in, in the midterms or really oftentimes in, in the presidential election. But man, Joe Manchin is really, you know, creating a, its own economy when it comes to political advertising in the state. Yeah, uh, two two big campaigns. One by a group called Maintaining Mountain Values, telling Mansion to uh, stand up to 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 Joe Biden and the quote unquote liberals on Capitol Hill. The the and the ad says Americans elected Biden but got Bernie instead. Tell Joe Manchin don't give in to this liberal madness. Interesting, uh, interesting kind of juxtaposition there. And then the West Virginia Oil Marketers and Grocers Association uh, tells. Is 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 has a spot telling West Virginians to thank Manchin for standing up to quote tax and spend liberals 
ad accuses Democrats of attacking our way of life. That's what they say in the ad, not my way of life, uh, and seeking to hike taxes on tobacco products like dip and chew. So just, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of back and forth here between these two groups and Senator Joe Manchin. And uh, I expect we'll see more, but it just shows the kind of uh, diverging or the uh, divergent, I guess, interests in um, in in West Virginia. Absolutely. All right. And just a quick reminder, tomorrow morning, you can join us if, in your, if you are in the D.C. area for our final event in the Road to Recovery series at 8.30 a.m. We'll be in person at The Roost on Capitol Hill. Uh, we're going to interview Senator Joni Ernst, the Republican from Iowa, about the uneven recovery for women-owned small businesses. We will also have a fireside chat following that with Iowa small business owners. This is being sponsored by Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Voices. We hope you can join us in person. Uh, we all are also planning to live stream that. If you are not in the D.C. area, it should be an interesting conversation. And with that, thanks so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. It's the best way to for people to find us at The Daily Punch. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.